Hey, welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Jackie and Megan. Where we like to talk about things that are messy, awkward, hard, or controversial and create a space for healing. Hey guys, welcome back to Let's Talk About It. Um, Today we're going to talk about dead bodies. Really exciting. Also, Megan and I are in our big earring era, I guess, this episode. She was wearing big earrings, so I had to put on big earrings, obviously. So copycat. Yeah, I am a copycat. I'm gonna grab my coffee. It's down here. Yeah. Well, today we're gonna talk about dead bodies, incorruptible saints. Very specific dead bodies. I will not lie to all of you. Um, this is not some in-depth research. I had did do some research, but mostly we're talking about this because I saw a body that's incorruptible. Um in Paris when I went to Paris. So I could tell a little bit about that story. Megan, just what's your initial thoughts on when you hear me say there's incorruptible (laughs) saints? I just want to know because I know my initial thoughts, even as a Catholic. So I think, I think I've always been uncomfortable, Um, but I don't, because I was like talking to John last night about it as I was just thinking about it, the topic. And I was like, I don't know why. Like, I think it's more of just like a visceral, like, oh, it's a dead body. Like, oh, it's like, because even like relics that are like body parts give me kind I of know. the same like heebie-jeebie feeling. Yeah. Um, like, oh, we have this foot or like we have this bone is always like kind of felt like weird to me. Less so than like icons or uh, like relics that are like objects or items. So I think, yeah, just like very like knee jerk. I'm like, oh, (laughs) yeah. I mean, that's fair. (laughs) I don't really have an. I. I mean, I think I. Um, I think that relics are weird, for sure. But I've never had a knee jerk reaction to them because I always think it's cool because it's usually saints that I, especially the really old saints, um recently there's a tour going around of a bone from saint jude who was from like the time of jesus which it's like okay that's really cool that there's a bone from someone that was around the time of jesus there and i just always think that's super cool even though it's super weird um and we're not talking about relics in this episode so maybe next time if we when we talk about relics i'll talk more about this story Um, i'll say this too i'll say this too it is not this isn't me being like, ew, Catholics. When I have that reaction, like I have that reaction in museums. Like this is a very yeah. personal yeah. Megan thing. Like when I yeah. see mummies, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And I know a lot of people don't feel that way. So I what that's not a statement. Like, ew, Catholics, this is gross. Um I mean, it's yeah, weird. Just being like totally straight up honest. That's how I have yeah. a reaction towards any even like I feel like it's circulating now those images of like people who were like mummified I don't even know the right word from like Pompeii yeah, mummified, I've been seeing yeah. that go around TikTok and like people are like oh my gosh this is so cool and I'm like oh I don't want to see it so I that's just me <laughs> I know I sent me I could tell Megan because I sent you the picture of St. Jude's bone you immediately were just like ooh. <laughs> and usually Megan's not that way about Catholic stuff or doesn't react that way so I just thought that was really funny yeah it's really not a dig on you it's my weird (laughs) heebie-jeebies yeah I'm just not a spooky girl (laughs) I know well Halloween's coming up Megan so better get ready which is funny because was it two years ago that we went to St. John Cantus during All Saints Eve Mm -hmm. and uh they had a whole bunch of relics and that Mm -hmm. was my first time well guess I saw relics in Greece when I was there but th- that was like a lot it was a lot they had a lot on uh yeah on display so I was like what there's like mm-hmm. a hand or something I was like <laughs> like Lord. why is this what is happening <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's definitely some spooky ones um yeah we could definitely talk more about relics and venerating relics which we'll talk about a little bit in this episode because people do venerate dead saints bodies which is so fun. So yeah, my story of seeing an incorruptible body was I went to Paris and it was actually unexpected. I wasn't going to see this. I was on a pilgrimage, which we had an whole episode on this where I went to Lourdes 
France, which is a Marian operation site, a very holy site for Catholics. Yes, I talked all about that. But on the way there, we actually landed in Paris and we had a few hours in Paris where we could explore. And I didn't even know that this was going to be a thing. Of course, I've always wanted to go to Paris. I feel as if Paris is, yeah, I mean, it's a city that everyone wants to go to at least once, usually. And I, we took a bus and we showed up right outside of Rue de Bac, which is the Shrine of the Miraculous Medal in Paris. And I... It was just very personal and special for me because I wear the Miraculous Medal. The Miraculous Medal is a medal that a lot of Catholics will wear. And on the front, um, it's Mary standing. I'm sure you've seen it. It's a pretty well, like a well-known image, but it's Mary standing and there's rays coming out of her hands. And then on the back, which I have a tattoo of the image that's on the back of it, is an M with the cross, which stands for Mary. And then obviously Jesus, the cross. So yeah. Um, we could put up pictures or leave a link to pictures um, if you're watching the YouTube version, which is, which if you're not, you should. Um, promo for our YouTube channel. And yeah, so we show up and I'm like, what? This is a site that I have always wanted to go to. And it was so unexpected that I was there and I couldn't even believe it. I was like, what? what? This is insane. I learned about this place in class. Um, I've been wearing this medal. I have this tattooed on my wrist. <laughs> And I was not even like trying to visit here. It was just somewhere that on this pilgrimage like trip, we were able to go and we were outside of there. And yeah, I was just so excited. It was like, I was like fangirling. It was so funny. Um, it was like me at the Taylor Swift concert, but outside of a Marian apparition site, you know, similar vibes. So yeah, exactly I, the same, actually. <laughs> exactly the same, actually. Yeah. <laughs> But I was like jumping up and down. I was so excited. And we were there with a bunch of high school girls that have no idea about any of this. And they were all like, mm, okay. So we go in and they tell me that St. Catherine of Labore, which is the saint that Mary appeared to, to give her the image of this medal. And they say that her body is in there and it's incorruptible. And I'd heard of incorruptible saints before. I don't know where I heard it. I don't know where I heard about it. Um, there's a recent saint that people thought might be incorruptible, but they don't think he actually is. Um, he died in like 2006. Um, he looks like really great, but they're like, ah, oh, it's too soon. I don't know. They just don't know if he's actually, if it's just natural preservation means or like the way the photos were taken, but I heard about it because of that. Um, and I walk up. It's so funny. So there's like the altar, the church, and then on there's two different sides um, of the church where there's two different like casket, but they're clear. So you can look at them and see like a dead body that would be like if you went to a wake or something that someone's laying in there. And I go up and I'm like, it looks completely fake. It's completely like a wax, like fake figure. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is so fake. This is so dumb. Um, I already was pretty um skeptical of incorruptible bodies because I don't know I'm like there's you could fake that so easily like make a fake one I don't know I just I've always been very skeptical of that and we'll get into this more but it's not something you have to believe as Catholics either it's similar to Marian apparitions but even less like well known or studied or I don't know like even less has been written about it in the church I feel like there's even less because kind of on that topic obviously Marian apparitions like there are certain ones that are like validated I don't really know the right word yeah, but yeah is yeah, that yeah. the same with like incorruptible bodies that there's no it's even less of a protocol like there's even less around this that's been studied documented it's even I was surprised by that when I was doing my study for this episode like it's even less official I should say um so yeah, so I go and I'm like looking at this body and I'm like, that's so dumb. I like took some pictures. First of all, the church is just beautiful. So like taking pictures around everything. And I go back to our group because we're about to leave and I'm telling them, I'm like, yeah, I went up. Um, it's just, that's so, I don't know. That's so weird. It doesn't even look real. <laughs> and they're like, Jackie, you went to the wrong side of the altar. Like that is just a fake wax figure of oh. whatever you need to go to the other side. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so then I go in and 
Yeah. Um, I'll send you pictures, Megan. We should pull up. I didn't get a good picture with my phone of it because there was like a mass or like something going on. And this guy in French kept being like, no photos, no photos. Cause whenever there's mass or like a prayer service going on, they say that you can't take any pictures in there. And there's like very small gaps. And I honestly was secretly taking pictures because I was like, when am I going to be in Paris again? Whatever. So I was like, okay, like whatever. Um, But she's right up at the front and there was a whole group of people and like a priest was talking and I couldn't, I couldn't go up and be like taking photos, um, but I could see it. And then there's a good, pretty good picture online um, that looks like what I saw. Um, so probably better than what I would have taken. But yeah, and it looks, it was really spooky because she looks just like when you go and see someone that's just died and they're laying in um, like at a showing or something, that's exactly what she looked like. And I was like, well, that's kind of spooky. Um, and I, ugh, I forget when she died in the 1800s um, sometime. So yeah, that was interesting. And so that just got me thinking about incorruptible saints. Um, and just, yeah, like what, what is the deal with this? Um, I feel like this, if this was totally real, this would be such like a proof for the existence of God. I feel like, like, this is crazy. This is, if this is really this miraculous. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess I should share a little bit more about the story of the miraculous medal um, and the whole deal with St. Catherine of Leberay. So the so first her body, it's her body. For some reason yeah. I was thinking it was St. Bernadette, but no, that's the Lord's girl. Hey, she also is allegedly incorruptible, but her body is oh, not okay. on display. I saw pictures of her body, but I never saw her body. She's not on display like St. Catherine of Leberay is. And if she yeah, is, yeah. we didn't go there. So, um, yeah. The mira- story of the Miraculous Medal, which was in Paris, and we visited the site. Apparently, the that the first apparition of Mary to Catherine was in July of 1830, when Catherine was awakened from her sleep with the soft whispering of sister, sister, sister. The conversation, um, the Blessed Mother appeared to her and had a conversation with her. She referred to that night as the sweetest moment of her life. Um, four months later, in November of 1830, Mary again appeared to St. Catherine at the Rue de Bach Chapel, which is where I went. This time, our Blessed Mother was standing on a globe with dazzling rays of light streaming from her outstretched hands. Framing the apparition was an inscription, O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. When Mary spoke to St. Catherine, she said, have a, model, have a medal struck upon this model. Those who wear it will receive great graces, especially if they wear it around the neck. Those who repeat this prayer with devotion will be in a special manner manner under the protection of the mother of God. Graces will be abundantly bestowed upon those who have confidence. So that's what I could put images up, but around the image of Mary, it says, have, uh, it says, Oh, Mary conceived without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. And on the back is obviously the image of what I have on my wrist. And around that is 12 stars, which it goes back to the image in Revelations. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know exactly if she saw it exactly like this, but that's what the story is, especially of at least this is, I guess, how Mary appeared to her. So that's the story. And that's what I learned about in my Mariology class back in the day when I also learned about Our Lady of Lourdes. And she's, yeah, that apparition site is also, um, it's much smaller. I mean, yeah, it's in like the middle of Paris and it's this chapel that's visited a lot, but it's not anything compared to Lourdes. And I don't know if I've heard of any miraculous healings or anything attached to this site or this place. Like it's, I don't know, it's just not the same as Lourdes, which is super, we talked all about it. Very, very famous. Um, So yeah, most of the, um miracles are surrounded like with this metal um and i did buy a metal from there so that was fun so that's the story of her yeah could you explain to maybe like a protestant who is not familiar with like catholic lingo what the phrase graces will be abundantly bestowed upon those who have confidence because I feel like that's very, it's very Catholic. Oh, it's so Catholic. Yeah, I'm like, I forget how Catholic that is. Um, so, oh man, that's like, I was not expecting that question because I just, 
didn't even think about you asking that but obviously that's I just so thought Catholic. about it now because I like heard it yeah. and I was like I like we wouldn't say something like that no you wouldn't Not so even... obviously like we all receive grace from our baptism and from sacraments oh my gosh this gets even into like the theology of the way that we think we receive grace which is so different <laughs> between Catholics and Protestants um I, I have a question for you do you think that in the sacraments or in different like time, like when you receive grace, is any of that ever like sanctifying grace that you're receiving? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Okay. Um, I think oh, I could be misspeaking, but I do think that we as Catholics think that you can receive even salvific grace throughout your life, even from oh, the sacraments, because okay. we think that our justification is ongoing. It does. Sure. It's like the baptism is the beginning of it. Um, and I would say from from Mary. I think it would be more of like sanctifying grace from her. Um, And if we were thinking, oh, you're receiving salvific grace, it's always, of course, through, she's just like a channel that's from Jesus through her. Um, I once heard an image of like, like trying to think of that Jesus is the source of this like wellspring of all of this grace. And then it's as if you can picture like, when you pray to like the saints or to Mary or to like different things, it's like from the wellspring is Jesus. And they're, they're the ones that are like gathering it and like dishing it out on to people kind of thing. So we do think that there's certain graces that can come like throughout your life that can come from um, like receiving the sacraments repeatedly or um, saying certain prayers or having certain devotions to things that you will receive like special graces. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah. So is it from wearing it or is it from like, like a, okay. Yeah. So, but there's a heresy called formalism where it's like, if I just wear this medal and I don't care about anything and I just live my life and do whatever I want when I die, like I'm going to be saint. And that's not how it is. It's like when you wear this, it's a signif it's something it's signifying your deep like devotion um and faith and like striving to be um sanctified and to be a good follower of Christ and having like an actual it actually signifies a deep devotion. So when like when I'm wearing this medal, it's like this is a sign of my devotion and my veneration of Mary and my worship of Jesus. Like, so yeah. Um, that's also something that is similar. You see, see people that wear scapulars. Sure. Um, Okay. That's it's similar to that. Like wearing a scapular, they're like, if you're wearing this, you can't go to hell when you die. It's like something that people will say, like you will be preserved from hell if you're wearing this. And yeah, it's more of a sign of your faith in God. You can't just wear it and think like, I'm going to be fine if I just wear this and then I do whatever I want in life and I'm not actually a Christian or actually, then that doesn't really work. So it has to come with also great faith and great actual belief in like where this devotion comes from. Um, and if object you have itself that, doesn't have like magical powers. No, no, <laughs> unfortunately not. Um, or I'd be going around here it is. Yeah. It's not no, a talisman. <laughs> Yeah, this does not have any magical powers. Um, yeah, I mean that, and that's similar with relics and like blessed objects yeah, and sure. like things like that. Like none of that has any magic or magical powers. Um, that was something that we talked about in the Lord's episode that um, Pope Benedict was talking about the marrying apparitions, and he was like, "It's not magic going there. Like this is not like you're going and all these." Like, like, it's not going to be like that idea of things like you touch this and there's going to be immediate like magical things that happen. That's just not how it works. That's a very sensationalized view of things. So, yeah, yeah I, I think it would be great helps. when we do an episode on justification to go into mm-hmm. like grace, because when yeah. I just heard that phrase, I was like, I know Catholics hearing that would be like, oh, yeah. And the Protestants hearing it are like, what? So it's like a magical necklace. So yeah, I just wanted to ask. No, no, and I thought that too when I was in just Mariology. the way we talk about it, like sound, like we communicate differently, you know. Yeah, and it does sound. I mean, no, I've had the same thoughts when I was learning about this, especially the scapular. When I was learning about the scapular in Mariology, because that was also something that 
we think was given to, oh, that's a cool story that we could tell too, that we think was given to a saint um, who actually was a Satanist before he encountered Mary. And then he became a very devout Catholic. Um, Like that whole story. I was like, that sounds so dumb. (laughs) I don't know. It just sounds so like um, a free card into heaven kind of thing. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I don't, it doesn't really matter what I do, but as long as I'm wearing this, I'm good to go. And that's like, first of all, taking advantage of God's grace and yeah, definitely shouldn't do that or taking advantage of God's mercy. Um, and that's not or good, the, but that's uh, definitely how it can sound. <laughs> the Catholic equivalent to the, if I just say the Jesus prayer, <laughs> that'll get me in. <laughs> right. Right. Or if I'm just like, I guess it could be similar. Like, oh, if I was saved, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter what I do mm-hmm. moving forward. Like I'm saved and I can do whatever I want. And we would both agree. Like that's, not the way to go about also not good for you because sin is harmful to us so mm-hmm. yes well yeah. thank you i know i put you on the spot <laughs> no that's a good question i should have thought about that i'm um, explaining that more for sure um yeah that was a good question um i wanted to go more into incorruptible bodies because i feel like that's what actually everybody wants to hear about especially yeah. Protestant. I will say that I honestly did not know much about it. I just assumed when I heard about it, I was like, okay, so it's saints that their bodies are in perfect condition from when Mm. they died. And we've never touched them since. And they just keep like looking like this. And while that would be pretty cool, that's not the case. And I also don't think that's necessary for us to think that someone is a saint or was a very virtuous person. And that's actually the church's stance on it. Um, incorruptibility used to be like, if they found someone they thought looked incorruptible, it was immediately a case for their, um, sainthood, the case for their sainthood to be opened up. And it was almost like, well, this person must be a saint if their body is looking incorruptible or whatever. And that's not the case anymore. It's actually like, not at all one of the criteria for if someone is a saint. So I can get more into that, but they don't even pay attention to it anymore. <laughs> They're like, this is really cool if this is true. I'm like, who cares? <laughs> and we should pay attention to this, right? But um, it's not actually going to be a sign for anything. Also, because it's just so hard to track down, especially older bodies. Like, well, was this person embalmed at all? Or were there any uh, measures taken to preserve the body or make it be preserved for longer and it's just not always reliable to even know so it's just something that um the church is like we can't really fully trust this as a means for or something towards someone's saint like candidacy for sainthood and they take that so seriously that they're like we're not saying this isn't true but we just also at this time with what we know and with scientific like evidence and all of that we just cannot say that just because this person looks incorrupt, they're immediately a saint. Cause that's kind of how it used to be. Um, and they actually had to like take back some of that, like back mm. in history, like, because they found that records for certain saints were missing or were not, they didn't document that they were embalmed and they thought that they totally weren't. And they're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> um, so that's why I mean it's even less like there's even less of a protocol around it, I feel like, in the church. So, um, in the incorruptible bodies, though, it's not only a belief in Catholicism, it's also a belief pretty heavy in Eastern Orthodoxy, which also so are relics, which you talked about when you went to Greece, Megan, you saw relics. Um, and incorruptibility is the preservation of the body from normal decay after death occurred according to church tradition. And this is actually lower key, lower case T, which if we talked about that, like uppercase T tradition is like very serious like church teaching that we're bound to. And this is lowercase. So just like the basic, like what you would think of tradition in a church. Um, Incorruptible saints, they give witness to the truth of the resurrection of the body and the life that is to come. The church does not have a cut and dry definition of what condition a holy person's body must be found in to be declared incorrupt. And it does not necessarily require that the body remains permanently in the same condition in which it was found which that was interesting to me. So someone could be considered like there's miraculous things going on with their body or like incorrupt, but they eventually will decay. So that actually was the case with St. Vincent de Paul, who I actually got to go and see. He does, He's not very far. He's like right down the street from Rue de Bac, the shrine of him and where his bones are. And his body 
for a very long time. It took him a very, very, very long time to decay. So it was considered miraculous that his body like stayed in such good condition for so long. Um, but he did eventually decay. So his bones are now as a relic that you can go and pray in front of. So I did that too. So that was cool. There's St. Vincent de Paul, like the thrift store. I yeah. didn't know it was a real person. <laughs> but, yeah. Got me, got me. Good for him. <laughs> I know. Great for him, right? <laughs> um so the the mo the only time a pope is really like officially written about incorruptibility was Pope Benedict the Fourteenth. Um, and he stated that an incorruptible body should be only be considered miraculous when its lifelong lifelike condition is maintained for a great period of time. Um, and he wrote this in the mid 1800s. So it's been a while since like, I feel like a Pope has come out and really talked about this in like an official document. Um, mm -hmm. And he, I can't say it, De Cadaverum Incorruption. That's what it's called. And it's Good a job. section in a document that's, I think, I believe it's a bigger document about relics and such. This was like a smaller part of the document. And this work remains the classic reference for such matters. The only incorrupt remains considered extraordinary and thereby miraculous would be those, which I said, who had not undergone some preservation process, but had retained their lifelike color, freshness, and flexibility for many years after death. Spiritually, such a sign is indicative of the, of the person's mortal remains being prepared for the glorious resurrection of the body. Although the church is very reluctant to accept incorruptibility as a miracle in itself, it nevertheless does testify to the holiness of the person. So, yeah, actually, the church is pretty reluctant to claim incorruptibility as a miracle. They're like, this is something we should maybe pay attention to, but um, the church itself has gotten more skeptical as time has gone on. And at the time, the church would accept a candidate for sainthood's, sainthood's incorruptibility as one of the miracles required for canonization. Um, this practice fell out of use because being incorrupt after death is not one of the requirements to be declared a saint in the Catholic Church, nor is it definitive a de definitive sign of having lived a heroic life of virtue. Mm -hmm. So like most, it's very rare. And so most saints that we would see as we would canonize them as saints, their bodies are not incorruptible so yeah and embalmed bodies were not recognized as incorruptibles for example although the body of one of our popes remained in a re remarkably intact state after its exhumation church church officials remarked that the body had been embalmed and additionally there was a lack of oxygen in his sealed triple coffin so because when he was removed it was um pope john paul the 23rd and he was, I think he's the one, he was right before uh, Pope John Paul II, which obviously everybody knows. And he, he was, a, yeah, he was removed and they were like, oh, his body's incorrupt. Like, he, cause he looked in such good condition. And then the church looked at it more and they were like, no, he just was in really, really good conditions. <laughs> that his body, the delayed like process of his decay um, was because there was a lack of oxygen and he was just like preserved so well more than someone that's just put in a coffin like most of us and then put in the ground and it's seen as distinct though from the good preservation of a body or from mummification so incorruptible bodies sometimes are said to have the odor of sanctity exuding a sweet or floral pleasant aroma that is something that people have claimed about certain saints yeah um <laughs> so i don't know uh, many holy corpses that Ooh. were initially found preserved are now skeletons are, or are in some state of decomposition. Although such a discovery was initially considered a miracle, plausible scientific explanations and the possibility of lost embalming records have led the church to revise its doctrine on the matter. And incorruptibility alone is no longer, like I said, treated as miraculous. And you asked the question like, okay, so why are these bodies still venerated then? And it's because there was other um like criteria surrounding this person that we were able to canonize them apart from something about their incorruptibility so there have to be a certain amount of miracles that are attributed to the intercession of this saint and like scientifically verified very similar to how we talked about the miracles um at our lady of lords that they're very heavily studied those are the kinds of things that are attributed to or used as like proof for the candidacy of saints. So 
the incorruptibility of their body or any of that is not really like not totally relevant when it comes to venerating them. So if this person was canonized a saint and fit all this, all of the actual criteria for sainthood, then their body would be um, able to be venerated, even if it was found later, like maybe we thought they were totally incorrupt, but they weren't, or they were embalmed or whatever. So yeah, I honestly, I tried to do more research into St. Catherine of Lebre because that was the one that I saw. And I couldn't really find a ton. Um, there's people that they they really want to believe that she's incorrupt. I think if you read the website for the Miraculous Medal, they'll say, they say that her body was exhumed 57 years after she had been buried and she looked like pretty much perfect. And that could be true and that would be really cool. But I'm not really sure what else has been done to her body since then. Like they pulled it out. And normally when they do that, they don't just leave the body as is. They're like, oh, this is great, but we want to preserve whatever has been here. Even if it's it's been like 57 years and she looks lifelike, we want to try to preserve this for as long as possible. So they'll, I think, do like acid baths or um, especially if they pull a relic from a saint or something, they'll embalm it with wax to try to like preserve it for as long as possible the condition that they found it in. So I could, you could argue that it was miraculous that after 57 years, she even looked like that. Um, but once they found her like that, if they were going to put her on display, they wanted to like try to preserve that for as long as possible. Incorruptibility though, like I said, it can mean either no signs of decay or a very slow rate of decay that is unexplainable. So I, I would like to err on the side that I do think that there's something that is miraculous that can happen with certain saints' bodies, but it's definitely, even as the church has said, we shouldn't put too much stock into that when considering someone's sanctity, which, yeah, I think I agree with that. And I think that it's something that's still developing within the church. Um, it's something that is much less, like there's a lot less protocols around it and a lot less official like church teaching on it. Um, there was a recent saint, um, Saint Sister Wilhelmina. She's not a saint actually yet. And the candidacy for her sainthood has not even been opened up. But her sisters like exhumed her body, I guess, from the cemetery. And they were surprised to find her body completely intact, even though she had not been embalmed. And the sisters were amazed to see that her foundress's habit was also in excellent condition, despite the complete disintegration of the cloth lining of the wooden coffin. So I think they have her on display in their church or wherever their monastery is but um her case for sanctification is not or for for being a saint um has not even been opened so the church has really no official stance on her but i feel like they have been kind of venerating her body at the church um and i was reading articles about that and people are pretty like hmm, you're only really supposed to venerate somebody and their body parts or relics if they've been declared a saint um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, there was a lot less research on this than I thought there had been and a lot less of a teaching around it because I'd only ever heard about it from like individual people. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, that sounds really cool. And then I went to go do research on it and it's something the church, I think, yeah, is pretty skeptical of and is not really willing to say anything definitively about it. And it's so much so skeptical of it that it's not at all really like considered. I think that we can, as humans, like want to see signs or like proof, like this mm -hmm. person is a saint, this person, of course we want to see signs of like heaven on earth or things that we can declare, like definitively say. And I will not say in the church, like hasn't said that, no, there's absolutely nothing miraculous happening here, but we just can't really know. And it's also just not necessary <laughs> to have belief in heaven, to have belief in the sanct um, the sanctity of these people while they walked the earth. So that's kind of the stance on it. But I still think it was pretty cool to go and see her body. And I would be very interested to see as time goes on, like what her body looks like. Um, Padre Pio is another big saint that it's very controversial his body like looks very very preserved um he's somewhere in italy where you can go and see his body um he's, he's partially decaying that's for sure um and they've covered those parts of him but like his face but um 
I'm pretty sure that with today's technology, you could like make a fake like mask kind of like thing and put it over him. And then it looks like it's his face that was being preserved. I don't know. It's pretty jarring when you see it, but that's another one that would be interesting to do more research into specifically. I mean, it's definitely like if I get over my weird, like, (laughs) even just from like a historical standpoint, it's interesting because like these people lived like so long ago and like, for so many people throughout history, we might have images of them, we might have paintings, but to actually see them, the person, and not just bones, is super rare, if ever. Yeah. So, I, I definitely find it like very fascinating. Um, I right. can definitely see where that would be like extremely intriguing. Uh, I think the word incorruptibility because it's not one commonly in my vocabulary (laughs) I was like I think I always assumed when I heard it it meant free from any sort of decomposition like they were buried and then we like (laughs) they're just not gonna decompose like they don't need wax they don't need acid baths because they're not decomposing and so I think it caused a lot of skepticism then when I heard like oh but they're like maintaining them or like I bring it up and I think yeah not I'm not saying this but it could come across like sort of deceptive like oh you know they're incorruptible but it's like but you have to like fix them up that doesn't seem incorruptible so I think it's helpful to hear that like okay well technically in your view it doesn't have to be a miraculous nothing at all it maybe it's just a slow rate or an unnatural or an unexplainable rate of decay. So I think that's helpful even just for me because it's not something I'm familiar with. And I think it's something that it's nice to hear the churches teaching on it because it's like, oh, I don't really have to put much stock in this even. Like, it's really cool that I want to do more research on it, but I think it would be really, it would kind of seem deceptive if the church was like really pushing this or like this is something you have to believe so that was that was interesting to read for me too and I had the same I had the same um like thoughts when I first heard about it too and I was always very skeptical of it and I think individual people like the way that they talk about it that's definitely how I feel like I learned about it was like oh there's Mm -hmm. never been any signs of decay or I don't know. And I don't even think it's that person trying to be deceptive. I think it's just them wanting to believe in this because it is so cool. And I do think there could be some miraculous preservation of like certain saints and certain parts of their bodies, but it definitely makes, if you like make it seem like it's this perfect thing and then it's not, it can definitely seem deceptive. And I do think a lot of individual people present it as that. So then when you actually look into it or when you learn that there are wax or like different things that they'll do to help preserve the body, it seems, yeah, like pretty weird. I don't know. So that's interesting. I would be interested to see more research done on it as time goes on. But I just, the last, I think, book, which I have not read, but when I was doing all this reading, there was someone that did a very um, in-depth research on it, on like a hundred different saints' bodies. And that book was published in the 1970s. So that's like the last like real research or like book published on this, which is funny because like apparitions and all those things, like there's books after books after things like published and all of this stuff. And this, it's like, no one's really published any real like scientific work on this. Um, Hmm. So I think also it's because the church really wants to respect and preserve people's bodies as well. So there's not as much, like they're very um, hesitant to let people come and poke and prod and like take samples and all of that. So I think that it's a part of like the church that there's been not as much research on this, which that goes in line with the church's respect of dead bodies, (laughs) um, is that we should very much be respecting people's bodies and not, if we can help it, like not just like chopping them up and like throwing them different places and, um, letting people come and poke and prod at them. So that also makes sense that there's not been a ton of research on this. So I think it's it's nice, though, that the church isn't saying you have to believe in this, but also we're not going to like let you come and look at the body or do any research on anything. Um, it's like, 
more much more consistent to say like we're not going to let you come and poke and prod at this and it's also not something that you have to believe I feel like um or put much stock in so that seems a lot less like manipulative (laughs) um for sure and I I will say every Catholic site that I was reading about incorruptible bodies Mm -hmm. mentioned them being preserved with wax or other things so it wasn't like (laughs) right right true yeah yeah I think it's because like the 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 um it's because the reason that we venerate them is not because they're incorruptible it's because there's been other criteria about this person that they're saintly and like their relics going around and things like that it's it's not really dependent on them being incorruptible so we want to keep the relics around as much as possible in the body so they can be venerated so you're going to do what you can with modern scientific means to preserve something so yeah i mean saint jude's bone that was pretty creepy i will say i don't know what they've done to his bone it was literally like a piece of his arm and i just thought it was so hilarious i'm like all these people are lined up to go and venerate this and like you could put different objects like up against it like the glass of it and then your object would become like a third class relic because it had touched another relic I thought it was just wild. Um, I was like, okay, this is kind of weird that we just assume that since we're putting it up against the glass, it's like not even literally touching it, that the blessing is imparted to it. Um, But did I do it with all of my stuff I had? Yes, because I was like, just in case. Um, (laughs) And did I sit there and pray? I was like, "Mm -hmm." mm-hmm. But even sitting there as a Catholic, I think that we, these things are really cool and it's cool to do this, but I was sitting there. I'm like, everyone's going up to this relic and like crying and like whatever. But we literally believe that the Eucharist is right there. (laughs) And that's what we believe is Jesus. (laughs) So I was like, I mean, this is all really cool. But I think the Eucharist, which is actually church teaching and like the source and summit of our faith is like the coolest thing in this building right now. So and that's Jesus. So yeah, I uh, was sitting there praying and I was aware that like, I'm like, okay, St. Jude, if like this is going to do something like I think this is really cool. And I I think that you can hear my prayers, even if your bone is not sitting right there, but also right behind you is the tabernacle where the Eucharist is. And like, that's the coolest thing here. So curious on your thoughts. So obviously it's not like required, like a criteria anymore for sainthood, but do you feel like it signifies like holiness in a person? Because obviously not every saint is incorruptible. Right. um, But it's clearly like somewhat significant. I I mean, the church says that, yes, if there is some kind of preservation, like that definitely can point to the sanctity of the person. Um, And I think, I mean, yeah, if truly someone's body was really not and somehow God was preserving it in some way, like clearly there's a reason for that. And clearly God would be wanting to signify to people like this person was very holy and i think it does point to i think it the church teaches that it points to heaven and like what's going to be the restoration of our bodies like after death like even if you do go into the ground and decay in heaven you're going to have a new body and you're going to be like lifelike as you were on earth so or i mean even better and more restored than you were on earth none of us really knows what that's gonna look like but it definitely points to the hope of the resurrection of us all and the hope of eternity and life and heaven and that is what the church like officially says um about this so if there is some yeah something like that um it definitely is just pointing to the hope and the resurrection of our of our bodies and of in hope in heaven I think I might've read like what the church officially said about that, but essentially that was it. And I do think like it can point to the holiness maybe of that person, but yeah, it's just not necessary. I mean, I would assume if someone's body really is not, then clearly it's pointing to like a sign that they are in heaven and like, yeah, but I, I mean, but also someone on earth, just because they ended up in heaven, it doesn't even necessarily mean they live this great life. Like, because we believe that even as, as Christians, like that at the very moment of your death, you could have lived a terrible life. And if you repent 
and like believe in God and choose him at that moment, like then you are in, you can go to heaven. So I don't know if it even necessarily, which the church also says, it doesn't necessarily point to that this person on earth had heroic virtue. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. mostly like the overall concept of pointing to like the hope that we all have for heaven and of a new body in heaven. Yeah, I was curious because gosh, I think this was months ago. I was randomly listening to this podcast and the episode was on, man, I'm going to have to look this up because I don't remember, but it was like an isolated sect of buddhist monks who were like obsessed in like not a good way with basically reaching nirvana by becoming mummified while they're still living it's like a really like graphic horrific thing um that even like buddhists will say like this is not allowed like this isn't a good thing but at the time that this is going on because this is like back whenever uh so these monks would basically like go into a meditative state and then like just quit eating so they would like begin to die but a few of them like actually did become like incorruptible or whatever um and were like displayed in temples and people would go to like honor them or whatever um and it was interesting because the guy like in the podcast who was not catholic was like yeah and this is like exactly like what catholics with their like incorruptible bodies and i was like wait what because that was like really the first time I was even hearing that that was a thing um so yeah just interesting that that's sort of like maybe the outside perception that it's like oh all these different religions have people who are like really holy and that means that their bodies don't decay so I just found that interesting um because like you're saying it's not even really officially a signifier it's not, but I think amongst certain people in a faith, it definitely can be a belief among people that they would think that, um, for sure. And I think that a lot of people want to believe, like Padre Pio, they want to believe that he is like incorrupt. And so when they go and pray to him, it's like, oh, this is a sign. I mean, it's definitely a common belief among people. And I don't think it's necessarily wrong, but it's definitely not what the church officially teaches. And that is super interesting about the Buddhist. I would be really interested to see what's going yeah, on. I need to find, bodies. I should try and find one of the pictures that they shared. Cause it was like, what? I mean, and the thing is they look like mummies. Oh yeah. So it's very different. That's very different. Yeah. I mean, they pretty much. But it was still like, what? <laughs> yeah. There's like a very clear distinction between mummification of a body and then incorruptibility. So for incorruptibility to be a thing, it's it's like, okay, they have to really look lifelike and look the suppleness of their skin. And like, they really have to preserve that for a certain amount of time, um, even if it's not forever, for this to be seen as anything at all miraculous. Um, which I would say if a saint really kept that for 57 years, especially back in the 1800s, like if that's true about St. Catherine of Labore, um, cause I mean, after 10 years, our bodies that we put in graves and such are going to be, are going to start, are going to, de- going to decay. So if it was 57 years and that really happened and then it started to decay, like something that's, something's going on there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, back in the 1800s, like it would be pretty hard to even have the scientific means to make a body last for 57 years like that. Even if they did embalm or do something, I feel like, yeah. So Yeah, I feel like even if you're skeptical or you're like, I don't believe this is like God actively doing this or whatever, it's still like, but we can't explain it. You know, it's definitely a note. (laughs) Something's going on here that we, yeah, cannot explain. Yeah, I don't know. The mummified, the the Buddhist, that's an interesting view. Yeah, it's it's very crazy. Yeah. I thought um, it would be nice to end this episode since we did start it, it all started with St. Catherine of Lebre. She has this really beautiful prayer that's attributed to her that um, it's like the, the prayer of St. Catherine of Lebre. And I just thought it was really beautiful. So I thought that would be nice to read at the end of this episode. Um, <clears throat> so the prayer starts, whenever I go to the chapel, I put myself in the presence of our good Lord. And I say to him, Lord, I am here. Tell me you what you would have me to do if he gives me some task i'm confident and i thank him 
If he gives me nothing, I still thank him, since I do not deserve to receive anything more than that. And then I tell God everything that is in my heart. I tell him about my pains and my joys, and then I listen. If you listen, God will also speak to you, for with the good Lord, you have to both speak and listen. God always speaks to you when you approach him, plainly and simply. She seemed like she was pretty holy to me. I don't know. <laughs> she wrote that. <laughs> case closed. <laughs> yeah, case closed. <laughs> I'm declaring her a saint. I know the church already did that, but this I've is mine. Here first. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first, everyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, let us know if you have any questions about this. And also, we definitely want to do an episode on relics. Maybe we could have Gavin on to him to grill me about it. Just kidding. He scares me. Um, he would make me be like, wait, maybe none of it's real. Like, maybe you're right. You're um, like, I'm actually not Catholic anymore. <laughs> yeah, he could out-talk me out of literally anything. And then I'd have to have someone that's way smarter than me that's Catholic be like, Jackie, wait, no. I'd be like, wait, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I know. Every time I listen to anything Gavin talks about, I'm like, I mean, so true. Probably right. I mean... Yeah. Or I listen to it and I'm like, you know, I feel like you're wrong and I don't think I agree with you, but I could not tell you why. And I cannot prove that you're wrong right now in this moment because I have no idea um, any good arguments against this. So yeah, <laughs> he does have a doctorate and I do not. So you don't, <laughs> I don't. And you can probably tell. Everyone's like, what, Jackie? You don't have a doctorate? That's so crazy. You come across as like so smart and you know so much. I'm like, I know, I know. It's really shocking. I don't. I hate to break it to you. I'm I hate sorry. to break it to everyone. I don't. Just for transparency's sake. Just want everyone to know. <laughs> yeah, I think an episode on relics would be super interesting. An episode on justification, I think, would be helpful. I feel like we've been saying that for a while. But I think that should be an episode where you grill me. Because I'm always grilling you. But that's yeah. sort of maybe an area where you could grill me. So Grill me. Yeah. Megan's always like, yeah, is that yeah. too mean? I'm like, Megan, you asked me a simple question. That wasn't mean. You know, you know us. We're just like super mean over here. Yeah. We'd probably get more views if we were meaner to each other. And that's like that that's meme what... I saw the other day that was like me, the angriest I've ever been. Okay, no problem. <laughs> yeah, I just <laughs> I know. I'm always like, couldn't you tell I was so mad? And they're like, no, you seemed like pretty just like annoyed. I was like, oh, that's the angriest I've ever been in my entire life. <laughs> so funny. Well, everyone. Let us know. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. And until next time, don't forget to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs>